The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today, expert knowledge is so highly valued that we learn to lead first as the expert whose mastery of the details helps teams solve problems. Eventually, as your leadership role expands, expert leaders find themselves in a role where others know more. Details are no longer so accessible, and decisions are made without a full understanding. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. It's time to find out how to make the transformation smooth and flawless. Now, here is Dr. Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Janine Darling. Now, this is a part of our ongoing series of emotional intelligence. And let me just stop to remind you what we mean by emotional intelligence. It is the ability to tune in to the emotions that are present in every human interaction, whether that's my emotions or the other party's emotions, and to use the information, the data that's present in those emotions, both to understand what they are and to understand how to take actions that are more constructive at the end of the day. So, and in my experience, um, emotional intelligence underpins the skills that are needed to move from this expert role to the non-expert role. And I give you a simple, simple example. When you can tune in to other people's emotions and to see the whole person, you have a much more positive chance of getting them to do what you want them to do, to believe you, to trust you, to follow you. So with me today is Janine Darling. Janine is currently CEO of a company called Stash that is revolutionizing the way we secure data. More importantly, Jane is an entrepreneur at heart. So while this is a new company that she started, she started a number of new businesses, both within existing corporations as well as whole other enterprises, specializing in operations and IT. Uh, so, Janine, welcome to the show. Wanda, it's so great to be with you, especially that we're going to be talking about this subject. It's so dear to my heart, so I'm looking forward to, to really getting down to some of the nitty-gritty with you today. Fabulous. I'm looking forward to hearing your advice on what we do to improve on this one. So let's start. I just said it's been important in my view, but as the business leader, has emotional intelligence really been important to you in leading people and in building businesses? I can say that that answer is yes and no, and and let me explain. In the beginning of my career, um, I grew up as, mm, I guess, a kind of an uneventful, quite happy, quite calm, wonderful childhood with a very, very big family and had um, nothing very traumatic go on. And so when I went to college, um, college was lovely, and then I began my career, um, what I was most focused on was making sure that I did a good job. And what I mean by that is at that juncture, which was in the um, mid to late 80s, I think that all women that were out in the business world were just trying to do 
good work and to get ahead. Did that encompass any actual thoughts of being empathetic? For me, not really. I was cool, calm, and collected. I did not want to have my emotions interfering with what I perceived as important business decisions that would not benefit from me showing or feeling any emotion. So that was then, and this is now. Hold on. Before you go now, let me just underscore. I don't think it's any different for women or men starting today, especially when you begin a career, you really do have to establish your expertise. And that is about making sure you know your facts, you know what you're talking about, you're building your credibility, and you're doing a good job. Um, And I know, we know from the research of what derails people that the inability to stay cool, calm, and collected is absolutely going to derail you. So I wouldn't disagree with you. But now, what about now, you were about to say? I think what happens um, is that as we begin to experience our competencies in business, that we relax a little bit. And at least for me, I know that I began to feel the humanity of the people that I was working with. Now, now it wasn't so much for a very long time. I have to tell you that. There was a particular event that, um, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll share with you in a little while, that just exploded my capacity to understand empathy and how valuable it could be to me as a person in every aspect of my life, but also so magically to the people that I was interacting with, both on a or three times on a business level, social level, and a personal level. So now the kind of leader I have evolved into is somebody that is not afraid ever to really listen to and feel all the things that are going on when I am working with people at every level of the company. And it has served me really very well. Now, when you say listen to and feel the things that are going on with people around you, do you ever find that you get overwhelmed, like people use you too much for that capacity, or is that not an issue? It can be an issue. Uh, I think it's really important to pay attention to the information that somebody may be trying to hijack the conversation in a way that, in the end, is not either going to help them or help you. And it's it's easy really to to see when that's happening at least for me i know that there are some some real signs uh people get uh animated for a long period of time there's no there's no flow there's no up and down of their um their voices they they get very very energetic and animated, and uh, there is no rest in between what they're thinking and what they're saying. Their body language also gets rather intense. And if that goes on for too long, I try not to dismiss the person whole cloth. The the truth of it is, is what I, I really try and do is say, you know what, you have a lot of thoughts in your head, and I'm really interested in hearing them. But what I think would be very valuable for you and for me, is if you take a break, you know, get your thoughts in order, let's make an appointment to me a little bit later, and then let's talk this through. And that usually works quite well. 
So I love this one. You know, I work with a lot of people who have received the criticism or the feedback that they are being too emotional. And your description about it hijacking the conversation from an emotional level is the best description I've heard from anyone about what it means to be too emotional. So it's not so much about being emotional. It's almost that emotional out of control. So overly animated, going on for a long time, there's no flow, it's super energetic, there's no pauses in between what you're saying, and the body language you can almost see is tense and agitated. Fair summary? I I think that is a very fair summary. I mean, and you know when a person gets to that point, and I mean, and I've gotten there many, many times over my lifetime, there is discomfort. They're, they're, they're feeling out of control. And the other thoughts that are usually going through their minds is, you know, the balloon over the head is saying, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So I think it is a nice thing, a human thing, an empathetic thing to actually get them out of the little hole that they're digging for themselves, give them a chance to gather them thought, their thoughts and then come back, because I'll tell you another thing. Highly intelligent people um, who are connected to their to themselves, to their souls, to their minds, will often go off on these tangents. Um, many people who are intelligent will have learned to keep it quieter, uh, but it doesn't mean that that's always the case. You know, their their brains are exploding with amazing things. And so the animation is part of that communication. Whether it's too much or not is a bit subjective, I think. Uh, I, I don't mind big energy, but it really turns some people off completely. Some people get quite worried about it. They don't know how to manage it. Um, I often say, or at least in my experience, Janine, people who are incredibly bright and creative come with an emotional component and that if you're going to manage creative, generative people, you have to be prepared to manage that. Sometimes we, they go off the reservation or off on a tangent, to use your phrasing. Is that your experience as well? So much so. So much so. And it's, it's a two-sided coin, as, as most things are. Uh, I think that... High levels of creativity are greatly desired, especially in the business world, because if not, you know, everything is going to be the same. And we want the experiences that are meaningful to each one of us. And in order to get there, I think you need great creative talent and heads on the various things that create those particular experiences. Now, I know that I put on my creative leadership head when I am working with creatives. And what that means for me, anyway, how it, how it actually exemplifies itself is I listen a lot and I don't talk very much during the conversation. I might clarify some things, but I let them do the vast majority of the talking and They'll do so often in a way that includes visualizations, which I happen to love because I'm a very visual person. I'll often say to somebody in a dry business conversation, so I'm, the, I'm in the tech space, 
And so somebody will be shooting acronyms and idioms at me, and I'll say, okay, what does that look like? What does that picture look like? So I'm very comfortable in the creative space, but it is definitely something that, particularly as a leader, you need to prepare yourself for, and you need to be extremely sensitive, more so than usual, with that persona. Interesting. I, I'm going to make one comment, then I want to turn back to your story, your experiences. I once made a presentation to a group of HR leaders, and the notion, the whole event was around creativity. And in this conference, I made the comment. I gave four cases of coaching cases I was working with at the moment, and I said these incredibly productive, creative people, but every one of them has a dark side to manage, and every one of those is around emotions. And the entire audience was absolutely convinced that you should just fire all four of them. Oh. Now, <laughs> I realize they're not easy to manage, but that's the skill we're talking about. So let's, I want to come backwards for a minute, Janine. You said earlier on that you were not always so skilled with emotional intelligence. Um, is this something you learned and what happened that made you think you need to pay attention? I don't think that I learned it. And, and I'm going to agree with you that there have been a lot of studies on empathy, particularly lately, because unfortunately it has turned into a buzzword. Um, and I don't like that part of it because it's kind of a little bit trendy now. Would you agree? Uh, it has become trendy. There's some good yeah. parts and bad parts about that, too. Sure, sure. So... Um, I have always had empathy, but what I did was keep it under wraps. And because I kept it under wraps for so long, and because there was nothing going on other than this, you know, blue, blue sunny skies for me, I was very, that was very, very lucky for a long, long time in my life. And so to truly understand what other people are experiencing, I think, Unfortunately, sometimes you have to go through a rocky road a little bit because then you start to go, oh, okay, now I get it. And the skies aren't always sunny and and blue for everybody. And I think that as painful as that can sometimes be, it is a way for us to stay close to our humanity because apathy, I think, is becoming rampant right now everywhere in the world, everywhere in life. And if we don't guard against it, we are not going to survive as the human race. So back to your question, do you agree with what I'm saying? Maybe I'm feeling it a lot, but I think that's really so. I think that's true. So the, the event that really quite concretely changed me from one person to another or opened the door and made me feel okay about the empathy that was pouring out of the door, was I, um, I am the extremely proud mother of twin boys, and they are um, late teenagers now. And I had a what I like to call a spectacular pregnancy. I'm um, afraid that I had a, an accident on a business trip. Uh, they, I called 911, and it was like a horror movie in the room, and they closed down the hotel, and they whisked me off to the hospital and basically said to me, you're, you're going to lose the baby. Very luckily for me at that time, and 
there are silver linings in almost every bad thing. I worked for Victoria's Secret, and they were very empathetic towards my situation, and they arranged for me to be treated by uh, the doctor who was Les Wexner's wife's personal physician, and I had to have surgery, and I was flown home in the corporate jet with the doctor on the plane because he said, even with the surgery, you're going to lose the babies. And then for the next five months, I was in a hospital in a position called Trendelenburg. And it sounds, it is as evil as it sounds. <laughs> I had to have the whole lower half of my body from the waist to my feet lifted up in almost a 45 degree angle. I couldn't roll to either side. I couldn't sleep on my stomach. I could not basically, I could not get out of bed for any reason whatsoever. So while I was in the hospital, um, I had, when I now consider very good fortune to be privy to so many people's heartaches and so many people's traumas and tragedies. And during all that time, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? So what? So you're here. So you have to be here. You know, your, your babies will be born. You're going to walk away and things will be okay for you again. But I experienced meeting people who things were never going to be okay for again, that were encountering life events that were changing them forever. And for me, their life events were changing me forever, but in a very, very, very good way. And so I did have my sons. I was very lucky, and I had to... I had to really recoup over a long period of time for a variety of reasons that I don't want to bore your listeners with. But from that moment on, when I interacted with anyone on any basis, a librarian, the cashier at the grocery store, the person filling my gas tank, my direct reports, my leader, anybody, I had a whole new skill set to take advantage of, and it has helped me to uh, extrapolate and scale my success in a way I don't think would have been possible if this did not happen to me. That's incredible. Um, Janine, I just want to honor what a trying time that must have been the nervousness and the anxiety and so forth, and also hugely respect you for recognizing that there are other people who are in worse circumstances. So, and I gather that that what that event did was tune you into your emotions as well as into other people's emotions and then a willingness to just bring those to the surface um, on a more regular basis rather than just the rational approach. So, is that a fair summary? It, it, it really did. And honestly, I, I know this may sound dramatic, but I really do thank my lucky stars that that happened to me. And you're right. It was, um, it was a highly charged time. It was every day thinking that, you know, I was not going to see these babies born. And it was, it was really difficult. And then the recoup was very difficult. But 
you know, again, I, I was able to walk away. And, and, and other people were not. And that's, that's a hard thing to think about. It really is a hard thing to think about. And I think that we all should think about that more often. Okay. There's plenty of ways to do that today. All right, Jenny, we're going to take a break at this point. When I come back, I want to continue with the story, but I want to know a little more details about how you've taken this newfound ability or newfound comfort, I should say, in recognizing the emotions in other people and being empathetic to those and how that's helped you specifically in business. We'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Janine Darling. Janine is CEO of a company called Stash, which is an entrepreneurial company that is trying to revolutionize the way we stored and secure data. Um, a fascinating concept. 
We have been talking with Janine about emotional intelligence and in particular the ways in which emotional intelligence became a critical component of her life. And by that I mean Janine's ability to both recognize her own emotion rather than to silence it and stay on the rational side for decisions, as well as her ability to tune in to other people and recognize the emotions in their experiences. For Janine, this happened in a fairly dramatic way of going through a personal, incredibly traumatic, highly charged time, which fortunately she comes out okay at the end, but in so recognizing that not everybody does come out okay from some of those events. And that kind of just ignited her ability to tune into other people's emotions. So Janine, let's go back to the business context. So you have this very um, charged experience, highly emotional experience. You come back after a long recovery period and you find that now with everyone, you're just more conscious of the emotions they're going through and their traumas. How did that begin to affect the businesses you were leading and the teams you were managing? Interestingly enough, my approach to business did not necessarily change in the way one might think. And what I mean by that is I still was very focused on goals, very focused on accomplishment. I'm a, I'm a very competitive person. Uh, I am also the proverbial iron fist in the velvet glove. However, what I added to all of those things was an understanding of, a much deeper understanding of when people were communicating with me and sometimes at me. You know how sometimes you're having a conversation with somebody and they're not really looking for an exchange. They want to dump because it just, they just need to get something out. And I think that's fine. I, I really do. Sometimes it's a perfect thing and you can uh, put it aside and have that person feel better and everybody gets on with it. I know that when, uh, and it's, it's quite different. I'll, I will say this. It's quite different one, one-on-one than it is with a group of people. Certainly. Uh, one-on-one, I know that my consciousness and my EQ is uh, highly aware of not only what is being said, how it's being said, the tone, the tenor, the body language, the movement of the eyes, all kinds of things. And it helps me to ask questions about what's really going on. And this could be in a, in a, uh, not necessarily anything going wrong, but even when things are going great, you know, people will come in and report wonderful information and I may sense something, either there's another shoe or there's something else they want to say, but they don't know whether they can or should or want to. And I try and in those situations, whether it's good news or bad news, have an exchange where it's not me, the leader of the company, and you, the person bringing me the news, but it's more like us sitting on a park bench. And I want you to just talk to me, and let's figure this out together. Because what I have found is that 
I can be my very best self. I can be the strongest leader that I can ever be. I can be the leader that people will follow if I let them see that I'm a human first. I have been told by many, many people that um, when they first meet me, that they are intimidated by me. And that can happen even when I am my most emotionally connected self with that person. It takes a little bit of time for people to really understand that, indeed, yes, I'm the leader, but I'm really human, too. I think that comes from interacting with many, many, many other leaders who have not reached the point, and they never, that they are connected with their EQ. Um, Because not everybody wants to, not everybody can, and that's okay. That's what makes the world go round. I only know that I am building an organization that is built on principles that I have learned over the course of a lot of years at some very, very, very successful companies that I helped to make successful. And so you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. And what people want the most everywhere in the world is to be respected, is to be heard. You have to listen. Empathy, empathy is a byproduct of listening. People want to be heard. They want love. There's business love. You know, you have to, I mean, if you, if you can say to somebody, oh, I love what you did here. It is the most fabulous thing ever. I knew you were the right person for the job. There's some business love. That goes a long way. Goes a long way. So it has allowed me to bloom. I'm going to use that word. I have bloomed. I was a bud before, and now I am a flower. Great. It's interesting. One of the pieces of work that I do is helping companies understand how to build a more inclusive culture. Mm. And the three words that you said there, I'm going to say them partly the same way and partly differently, is that people want to be respected. They want to be heard. I want to know that my voice has a place and that you will hear it. Even if you disagree with it, you will hear it. And you said, I want love. And I would just say they want to feel valued. I want to feel important. I want to know that I matter. That if you got those three pieces right, you would have an inclusive culture. Totally agree. Very interesting. Yeah. A great culture. A great culture that that, you know, it's like it's like throwing the the pebble into the lake and the concentric circles just go and go and go. And that's a wonderful thing. Fabulous. Now do you get worried that sometimes this stopping to tune into the message that isn't being said slows the process down or slows down the decision? Do you ever worry about that? I don't, and I'll tell you why. I am somebody who really believes that to do things well, take a little time up front. Okay, are you going to get there the millisecond that you would have before if you didn't slow down to do things up front? No, you're not. But when you get there, everything is going to be as it should be. And that's the point. 
So no, it doesn't take that much more time. And not only that, but the the benefits that are derived from taking that time are just exponential. I'll tell you a little story. There was a company that I worked at that um, I was hired as a COO to go in and actually re-engineer the company. They were a lovely company, and they had grown quite quickly and had been very successful, privately held, oh, maybe $30 million worth of revenue. Not a huge company, but well-established, well-known for their craft. But somehow in getting all that work done, they had lost track of what had happened in the industry, and they just weren't keeping up. So there were a lot of, unfortunately, there were people who weren't doing their jobs. There were people who were in the wrong jobs. There were all kinds of things going on. And everybody was very, very afraid of this new person who was coming in, who was going to be looking at everything that they were doing. And so there were all kinds of things being said and whatnot. When that happens, and it happens in a, I'd say it happens in every company, you know, if you have somebody coming in who has any power at all, there's going to be scuttlebutt. There's going to be people who do not want you to come in and mess up the thing that they have been so successful in creating for themselves. You know, maybe they've been there a while. Maybe they're no longer engaged. Maybe they um, are sitting back and just doing enough to get by. You know, all those things. And in some companies, maybe that's fine. And in the companies that um, I have been fortunate enough to work in, that is that is definitely not okay. So... There was one fellow that I remember it took quite literally, no matter how many examples he learned from me over the time that he reported to me, of I was very collaborative with him. I loved to hear what he had to say. He was very smart. Um, he His persona was rather avant-garde. Uh, so he was a little bit of a, not an outcast, but he was definitely, um, he was an entrepreneur is what he was. It took a very, very long time and a couple of years into it, he said to me after, I don't know, we had another lovely conversation and he said to me, oh my God, this is so wonderful and thank you for the, you know, thank you for the collaboration and I know what to do now. He's at the door and he turned around to me and he said, you know what? He said... I've heard, when you first came here, I heard so many things about you that were bad. He said, even from my boss, who said that you were going to come in and that you were going to rip this company apart. He said, this company has never been in better shape. And I was so, of course, it absolutely made my day. It made, it made many days for me. It made many days for me that somebody actually felt compelled to tell me that I had been of value to them. And that's a lovely thing. And that's what you want to be as a leader. You need to be of value. You need to immerse yourselves in the challenges and opportunities that the people who are actually doing the work have to deal with every day. That's what you're there for. You're a cheerleader. You are the strategist. You are steering the boat. You are making the big decisions. No doubt, everything's in your hands. But the people who are actually getting things done for you, you have to be amongst them. That's a very important thing to do. 
of that. Be amongst the people who are getting stuff done. It's a great phrase. Um, this guy, I just want to make sure I understood correctly, the one that you said it took a very long time to win him over. I think I heard you say it took two years. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Patience is an important part. I want everybody to take note. Two years is not an unreasonable amount of time sometimes. And do you think the secret in getting him to turn around was just in listening to him and respecting him? I think that that is a huge part of it. The other part that goes hand in hand is is consistency, right? Because I will tell you that he and I definitely butted heads. When we did, I listened to everything he had to say, and I very respectfully said to him, I hear what you're saying. I understand your thinking, but it's not the right thing to do, and I'm going to make a decision that goes in another direction, and here's why. And I would explain it. I wouldn't say, this is what we're doing, that's the end of it, just go do it. Okay, that's, that makes people feel like they don't matter. And everybody matters. Everybody matters. So, a, Yeah, Janine, it's a very simple difference to take the time to listen to somebody's argument, not to listen to the point of arguing with them, but to listen to understand and synthesize it. Show them the respect of giving them that time. And then when your conflict occurs, you can say, I disagree with you. I know you think X, Y, and Z. I think completely differently. Here's what we're going to do, and here's why we're going to do it. And most people can accept that, whereas the dictatorial is a hard for, hard one for them to accept. Very hard. Okay, and that's what also creates an inclusive culture. Very interesting. I think the thing that's most fascinating to me, Janine, about this particular segment is this notion that to respect people, to listen to them, genuinely listen, not listen to create um, your own arguments, counter-arguments, and that show them that you value them. And then this whole notion of patience, even as much as two years to bring people around, because then you will have people on board and moving in the right direction. Okay, we're going to take a break again. When we come back, I want to talk about the benefits and risks of using emotional intelligence on the job. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some gender differences there. Is it different for men or for women? We'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. 
Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Janine Darling. Janine is an entrepreneur at heart, a creator of Stash, um, a business that is trying to revolutionize the way we secure data, store and secure data. Janine has created a number of businesses within existing corporations as well as um, starting brand new enterprises uh, and specializing in operations in IT. We've been talking about emotional intelligence. And in particular, Janine has been talking about how emotional intelligence has been enormously useful for her in a variety of business contexts. And her sense that emotional intelligence comes from respecting people, listening carefully to what they say, have to say so that people feel heard, and then showing value, why you value people along the way. And that that component, practiced over and over and over over a long period of time, is very powerful to win people over to your side. All right, so Janine, I want to shift the focus now and talk, we've been talking a lot about the benefits of emotional intelligence are there risks for emotional intelligence? And in kicking that one off, let me say, I know in particular a lot of women are afraid to show emotion because they think they will not be taken seriously if they show emotion. I think also privately they're a little afraid the emotion will get out of control. Are there risks? There are risks because this is life and and life doesn't fall into the neat little... Uh, square peg in a square hole, and a square hole that we'd like it to all the time. The risks for women, I think, can be managed uh, in a way that is, it must be mindful. And, and what I mean by that is, um, women in general, of course, are known as being closer to their emotions. And somehow, over time, the idea has been cemented, not everywhere, but in many, many businesses, that emotions have no place on the job. And if you take that in context, what that means is is that we shouldn't be expressing anything. 
you know, that we are automatons, that we are robots, that we are not really humans doing our work. And that is some of the most lovely stuff of working outside the home is coming in contact with a lot of different people and hearing what they have to say and enjoying triumphs with them and having them with you when things don't go quite as well. So for women, I think that what we all need to be mindful of is to not bring drama, not bring drama into the workplace. So genuineness is where you should be thinking of. If you have a big laugh, I think that's good. People love to hear other people laugh. If you do not have a firm control of some of your negative emotions, whether it be anger or frustration or you tend to cry, uh, that is something that we as women really need to work on. And, and it's not because men don't experience these things either, but men are perceived in a completely different way, and they are quite different. They are able to block their outward appearance of any emotion going on extremely effectively. And so the contrast becomes even the more broad and deep between men that are standing around, you know, patting each other on the back and talking about football and women that are um, becoming very, very animated because somebody's engaged in the office and everybody's screaming and running around. Okay. This is a, this is a quite a natural thing. But when you put those two things up together, it doesn't work so well. So uh, I might be called to task for this, but here's what I can say. For those women who want to be very successful and to get to a high leadership role in any company, the best advice that I can give and the thing that has worked really well for me is to be genuine. What does genuine mean? It means that when you're feeling all these emotions that we all feel every day, men and women, that when they are expressed, that you temper them just a bit. There are studies out, and we know of all of them, and it's, it's just, it is just how it is. Women who smile too much in the business setting are perceived to be uh, less intelligent than women that don't. And that's a shame. That's an absolute shame because there's nothing better than seeing somebody smile, man or woman. But it is what it is. And so that's the thing we need to pay attention to. We don't want to be perceived as being lightweight because our emotions are larger than what is professionally expected. Is that a unfair yeah. thing? You bet. No. You bet. 
I don't think it's unfair. I'm going to make three comments on it. The first thing is I'll say that I think it is a matter. I often use the analogy of a volume button around emotions. If you happen to be one of those people that has the volume button cranked way up, it's probably too much for some people around you. Again, it depends on the company you're in. And if you have the volume button cranked way down, it's probably too little. So it's the ability, some of the emotional intelligence skills is the ability to regulate your own emotion, not silence it, regulate it. That is, that is so nice. That's so nicely said. I'm going to have to remember that. That is such a beautiful explanation of exactly what I meant. Thank you. The other one is a piece of data from our radio show last week with Joshua Freeman, where they just did this massive, huge data analysis of the differences in emotional intelligence between men and women. First off, there are very, very, very few differences, but one particular one I want to highlight is the notion that men tend to be able to move forward from the emotion faster than women. So that they use the emotion. It's not that they don't have it. They have it too. But they tend to be able to use it and then propel forward for a next step, next action. And women tend to take a little bit longer. So we could speed up that process, not silence it, but speed it up. Um, The third thing I want to say about this one is I hear from senior leaders all the time, every company I work in around the world, Women think they're the only ones who cry. It's not true. Men cry too. I have senior leaders who say to me, I have as many men in my office crying as I have women. Now, I think physiologically, our tears come, as women come running down our face, and I think physiologically for men, the tear ducts are built a little differently. So is the viscosity of the tears. So it doesn't come flooding down their face. Um, But men cry. And, you know, if you want to see this, take uh, sports teams, especially, you know, very intense, very macho sports teams like a rugby team, and watch the emotion um, on the sidelines. You see those guys absolutely, totally sobbing. Uh, It's quite powerful to recognize how strong emotions are for all of us. That is real. That is real passion. I am thinking about what you're saying and recognizing that. It hasn't been on my mind in the way you're saying, but you're so you're so right. I mean, because we've all seen that, particularly, particularly in highly charged games. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, the volume button is is a is a very good. You don't want to you don't want to snuff out emotion, but depending upon the venue, I mean, I know that there are people who will say, "I just want to be myself." Yourself is comprised of so many layers and so many nuances, and the world is comprised of venues where you just can't always use all of them in the same way. And that's just how life is. Agreed. Um, There are some cases where you can show more than others without any doubt, and there are some places I often say to people, you want the skill to be able to talk about the emotion. And then you have to choose how much of it you actively display. Occasions to display it, occasions not to display it. So back to the venue and the setting and the corporate context and the cause and the purpose and a whole bunch of other factors. Um, Janine, we just got a couple minutes before we're going to end. Any advice for someone who is trying to develop their emotional intelligence? And I know that there's differing opinions on whether people can develop. I happen to believe wherever you start, you can get better. So any advice on getting better with emotional intelligence? There was 
fairly recently a lovely study about empathy, and I, I think I mentioned and I, I did a post on empathy on LinkedIn, I don't know, some time ago. I referenced the report because it speaks to the fact that empathy is innate in all of us, and it was quite sophisticated, and I was, I think I was a little surprised. I thought, yeah, maybe, but some people have a lot of it, and some people seem to have just a little bit, but they suggested that it's there, and you have to tune into it. I can refer back to how I came into my, what I call my new empathy, which has been a lot, it's been several decades ago now that this happened to me. It is listening to your inner voice, because your inner voice isn't only in your head, it's in your heart. And the part of the inner voice that is speaking from your heart, you need to get to know that voice. And that voice can be a stranger, and it can be a voice that you may not necessarily even want to hear, but if you have the courage to begin to listen you will discover things about yourself that will begin to radiate out from your being to other people, and it will Fabulous. be positive. Janine, we're going to have to end, unfortunately. Thank you for being with us today. Could not have enjoyed myself more. Thank you so much for having me. I think the things that I take away from this conversation that really, I like your last phrase, this notion of listening to the inner voice, but I also like the notion of recognizing that emotions are present in every component of day, human interaction everywhere, and that it's a matter of respecting people, allowing people to be heard, showing them your value, and the patience with timing on that. We don't always get it right. Um, that's perfectly okay, but to pay attention to how much we show in what context, that volume button again. So thanks very much. Next week, we will be continuing with our Emotional Intelligence Series, and I'm going to be talking to another business leader, Heidi Diamond, about her experiences with emotional intelligence, what it means, how she's used it, how she sees it working. So please join us then. Thank you again for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take charge this week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.